Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, what a joy it is to gather together, Lord, as your people, to sing praises to you, to know truly as your children that you are high and lifted up, that you are sovereign and providentially ruling over all things, that we as your children, we can trust you, and we know that we fail to do that each and every day, but there is forgiveness found in Christ. Father, we come before you with great humility this morning. We're asking for grace, Father, that you would mature us, Lord, through the preaching of your word, you would form us more into the image of your Son, Father, we would sin less, we would obey your commands more, Father, we would engage our neighbors, our families, those in Eulis with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father, your kingdom would grow not only here in Eulis, but we also pray, Lord, for your kingdom to grow all around your world. Father, we pray specifically this morning for, for Guinea, Africa. Father, there is much persecution and it is very hostile. Father, we pray for your kingdom to grow there, for more workers to be sent out into the harvest. Father, as we study your word and we talk about wisdom this morning, Father, we need it. And your word tells us to come before you asking for it. Father, so we come, we ask, and we ask with all faith. Lord, grant us more wisdom for your name and for your glory this morning. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. If you would, remain standing for the reading of God's word. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3 as we continue our study in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll read together verses 1 through 20. Verses 1 through 20. Proverbs 3, discussing the blessed life. The blessed life. My son, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. Be healing to your flesh refreshment to your bones. Honor Yahweh with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise Yahweh's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For Yahweh reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver. And her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. And nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Yahweh, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. Along with reading the Bible, I also enjoy reading devotionals each and every day. Try to get my mind pumping. In every issue of Table Talk magazine, there is a section written by R.C. Sproul entitled, Right Now Counts Forever. And the purpose of this section is to apply the teachings of the Bible to everyday life. In the words of R.C., he says, There is no such thing as a meaningless moment. 
Since we're made in God's image and created for His eternal glory, everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do today, it matters forever. The question is, how should this truth direct our daily lives? You see, right now counts forever. Every day is important. It's also known as Coram Deo, before the face of God. Coram Deo, before the face of God. That you and I are living our life before the face of God. He sees all of your life. He's seen all of your life in the past. He sees everything right now as it is, as it is happening. And beyond our comprehension, he sees everything that you and I have yet to see and to experience. Living before the face of God, everything in the light and everything in the shadows. He sees every thought, every motive. He's aware of our pride, our hidden agendas. He knows when we acknowledge him with our lips and our hearts are far from him. Every sin he is aware of. And all of our unrighteous living grieves him. Like in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned and they hid from the Lord, the Lord cried out, where are you? He wants us as his children to come to him, to repent, to turn to him, and to live in every area. It is easy for us as God's children to say, yes, I want God to be glorified in these specific areas, but what about those things that are in the shadows that we want to keep hidden, the things that we want to keep secret for us? You know, you and I are living before the face of God, and nothing in our life is hidden from Him. We are completely exposed. If you are not His child, if your salvation is not on the foundation of Christ alone and His work that He has done, you are not in good standing with God. Call on Christ for salvation, because without Him, you will never be forgiven. Your good is not good enough. Your works are as filthy rags. Trust in Christ. And if you are his child, your life is not your own. Please him. Walk the narrow way, the path of lady wisdom. Reflect the character of God. Because right now counts forever. Now, in our study of Proverbs, we have been reminded over and over and over again, and we will continue by God's grace to remind you, Proverbs is wisdom, it is not law. Solomon is addressing his son so that his son will get wisdom and walk the path of Lady Wisdom all his days. Not just hearing a teaching and forgetting, but hearing a teaching remembering the teaching and applying the teaching in his everyday affairs because right now counts forever. Godly parents, they want this for their children and the pastors of this church want this for you. What we learn from God's word, we must not forget. We must retain, we must take it to heart. We must remember so that we will obey. We are forgetful people. We need immediate communion with God. We need everyday communion with God. We need intimate daily communion with the Lord. We must trust the Lord. As he has said, all of his promises and not rely on our own understanding. Our own understanding is puny and limited compared to the Lord. We must fear the Lord and turn away from evil. In the beginning of Proverbs 3, last week, we were reminded fathers are to teach. He said, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Fathers are to teach, sons and daughters are to not forget by binding, by writing, and by doing. Sons and daughters are to trust the Lord and not their own understanding. Sons and daughters are to acknowledge God in all their ways. We talked about different ways in which we can acknowledge of God. One of those is extremely simple and often overlooked by us, that we fail to acknowledge God when we fail to pray. 
because we're relying upon our own power, our own strength, and we forget that God is sovereign. Sons and daughters are to honor the Lord with their wealth and the first fruits of their wealth. Sons and daughters are to accept the Lord's discipline, to be trained by it, not just go through discipline and continue to go through the same discipline for the same thing over and over and over again, but to be trained by God's discipline. This week is what you would call the blessings of wisdom. The blessings of wisdom. It's a sweet telling of the great wonders of wisdom, the rewards of having wisdom. The purpose of this book is for us to get wisdom. In today's verses, they are the why. Why should you listen to the rewards of Lady Wisdom? Over and over this week, as I was reading Proverbs 3, I was reminded of a little child where you walk up to a child and you give that child instructions or you say something and their immediate response is, why? 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 I was that kid in Sunday school when I was little. The teacher would immediately say something and I would respond with, why? And eventually I caused a lot of teachers to quit. But I think if we search our own hearts, we can honestly say that when we hear things from God's word and we're reading God's word, so often we come with very little faith. Something is said and we are actually thinking in our hearts and our minds, why? Like, why do I need this? I'm okay. No, you're not. You and I need wisdom. And this is the overflow of what it's saying. Yes, trust the Lord with all your heart. If you don't, you're going to lean on your own understanding. Let me explain why you don't want to lean on your own understanding and why you need wisdom. So Proverbs 1.7, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the one who fears Yahweh has found wisdom. Look at verse 13 of chapter 3. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. The one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver. Her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So blessed or happy is the one who finds wisdom. Blessed or happy is the one who gets understanding. Now, verse 13, this causes us to pause for a moment. Because this is not our natural way of thinking. We don't walk around in everyday life thinking, oh, the blessed man, the blessed woman is the one who has wisdom. Because we have eyes. Our eyes look around and we look at, look at what they have. Man, they are blessed. Look at that. That's amazing. We naturally think that the one who has more the one who has what one can see in abundance has it all and they are blessed. That that man or that woman is blessed because of what they have, because what I can see that they have. But God's word tells us that the happy or blessed individual is the one who has what cannot be physically touched. It's not about the external, it's about the internal. The blessed man or woman, they could be rich monetarily, but they could also be poor monetarily. It says, blessed or happy is the one who finds wisdom. Remember, wisdom is the righteous application of true knowledge. The right knowledge applied righteously. So the one who finds wisdom is blessed. And according to Colossians 3, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, they are found in Jesus Christ. So the one who is born again is blessed. The one who is in Christ has wisdom. But the increase of wisdom, the increase of wisdom requires us to be students and to get into the word of God. 
The increase of wisdom requires us to get into his word. This is where we find it. It says, blessed or happy is the one who gets understanding. This is grasping the meaning and principles of what God has said in his word. This is where the majority of those who go to church are easily deceived by false teachers. They hear what somebody says, and they'll immediately jump in and say, Amen, that sounds good, but it's not right. But you have to go to the Word of God and say, What does the Word of God teach us? So you read, and you rightly understand what you have read. The Scripture says, find wisdom. The Scripture says, get understanding. That is a work, that is a labor, that is a pursuit by us in this life. Wisdom is not found, and understanding cannot come by doing nothing. It's like the individual who says, I struggle with this sin, I'm going to let go and let God. Sorry, that's not found in Scripture. We don't let go and let God. We come before the Lord, we repent of our sin, we cling to Christ, and we Fill what we have repented of with the Lord and the pleasing of his commands. Wisdom is not found and understanding cannot come by doing nothing. Have a high view of God. God is sovereign, absolutely. And the sovereign Lord gave us Proverbs. And is it, in it we find these words, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Make it. Incline your heart to understanding. Call out for insight. Don't sit back and do nothing. Call out for insight. Raise your voice for understanding. Seek it like silver. Search for it as hidden treasure. The Lord gives it. It is found in him. We are called as his children to get it and to live. You see, when you read Proverbs, Proverbs shouts that you and I have a responsibility. We have a work to do. It's like if you're a father or a mother, you know the Lord has been gracious and he has given you a child. We don't say, God is so good, he has given me a child, I guess that's it. We say, praise God, you have given me a child. I have instructions on how I am to teach that child and train that child, to teach that child to walk according to what God has said. I am how to walk. The Lord gives it. It's found in him, but we are called to get it. You see, Lady Wisdom, it preaches in the streets. Lady Wisdom, she cries out in the market, in the city gates, but there are other voices. So if you're not seeking Lady Wisdom, you are listening to other voices. But listening to Lady Wisdom is not the complete call, is it? We are called to follow Lady Wisdom and to walk in her ways. We are called to take wisdom with us. Look at verse 14. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. You see, if we just listen to Lady Wisdom, we will not find gain. You will listen to Lady Wisdom, but you won't follow it. If you listen to Lady Wisdom and you begin to follow it, you're going to see gain in this life because you are doing what the Lord has called you to do. In other words, you've been doing what you were created to do, to glorify Him. It says, finding wisdom and getting understanding is a gain. It's a blessing. It is a reward. In fact, there are not words that inform us how great the gain and profit of wisdom is. The worth of wisdom cannot be exaggerated. If you don't leave with anything, leave with that. We can use words to describe all sorts of things. It's like a picture that you take with your phone. No matter how good the camera is, it just doesn't give justice to what you saw with your own eyes. I cannot describe to you, I don't have words that are enough to talk about the gain of wisdom. Let me give you an example. I have one son out of my three children. One son. 
I love to do things with my son. In fact, most of the things he loves to do, I love to do it with him. In fact, he, he wants me to do it with him, and he drags me along and pulls my hand and brings me along to do those things with him. And so one of the things that we are doing recently is we are collecting Hot Wheels together. So we go to stores, and for some reason, he loves to do his homework. I guess he's like his father and mother. He knows exactly what comes out. He knows when it's coming out. He knows which cars to look for. So this, for example, this past week, he has not been in our home. But I've already gotten 45 messages from him of all the new cars that are coming out. And so when he gets home, at some point, him and I will go shopping and we will look. Some of them are very difficult to find. Some Hot Wheels are hanging on the rack, others are not. They're in this big, huge bin. And you've got to dig through it and dig through it and dig through it. It's a pursuit. This is the picture that Scripture paints, that God paints for us as his children, that walking in wisdom, it is a labor in this life. It's a work. Look at it this way. The Lord has given us a treasure map, his word, but we must follow it for it to be of great value in our life. It's always of great value, but for it to be of great value in our life, we follow what the Lord has said. The treasure is Christ. But if you don't abide, if you don't apply, you cannot say that God is your treasure. What is most important in your life? What is it that you are currently seeking and pursuing? Because if it's not Lady Wisdom found in Christ, you're seeking and pursuing something. You're not stagnant. Scripture doesn't allow us to be stagnant in something. You love something dearly. You know, the silver and gold in this life, money, hot wheels, sex, sports, fame, entertainment, material blessings in this world... They will not last and will not accompany you to your grave. I've had the privilege of being in the room many times when people have taken their last breath. And I've never once, and I probably never will, hear someone said, if only I would have gotten just one more of this. If only I would have lived just one more week for that. The things of this world, they will not last, and they will not accompany them with you to your grave. They will be used by somebody else. What is most important in your life? Because wisdom will last. It is found in Christ. It will not fade. Wisdom will last. God's word and his kingdom, they will never fade. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. Verse 15, it keeps going, which is amazing, the blessing of wisdom. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So the gain and profit of wisdom is better than silver and gold. Wisdom is also more precious than jewels. Wisdom is of more value than jewels. Wisdom, it's more precious than you looking at a jewel. Immediately when I read this, I thought about Lord of the Rings. Immediately. The character Gollum is remembered as finding a gold ring. He loved the ring. He was consumed with the ring. It was his life. His words for the ring when he held it and stroked it and cared for it were, My precious. We look at that and we see that picture if you've seen the movie and you think how horrible that he was living his life for that gold ring. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have those gold rings in your life. You have those gold rings that are so precious to you. Lady Wisdom is calling out. She is preaching and we are stroking this 
this ring. We are becoming obsessed with what the world has given to us, and we love it dearly, and we're clinging to it. And yet we also find in Scripture, we are not called just to speak things to the Lord with our mouth while our hearts are far from Him. And so we are reminded that I, you and I are just like Gollum. Wisdom is of more value than riches and rubies. So what do you value most? Is it earthly riches or is it wisdom in Christ? Please take a moment and actually consider that question. Is it earthly riches or wisdom in Christ? Look at the trajectory of your life. Look at your time. Look at your affections. Look at what you do day by day by day. This will give you your answer. And you're like, well, pastor, it's just not that clear. Yes, it is. What we do with our time, what we do with our money, what we don't do, that reveals what your treasure is. Look at the end of verse 15. It says, she is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So your desires for riches... Your desires for rubies, for entertainment, for sex, for fame, for money, nothing that you desire can compare with wisdom. There's nothing. Whatever you can think of, nothing compares. So what does it mean if you're living for all those other things and not living for the Lord? You're wasting your life. You're settling for what is not best. You're doing something that you were not created to do. Whatever you can think of, nothing compares. Wisdom, it's the art of godly living and it's found in Christ. The art or skill of godly living. So let's talk about godly living for a moment. Having godly desires and goals. You all have goals and desires, don't you? Making godly decisions. Do you think and consider God in your decision making? Having godly relationships, a godly marriage, displaying the character of Christ, living for the will of God, spending money wisely for his name, for his glory, for his kingdom, using your time for what is best, Filling your time with the commandments of the Lord. Remaining humble. No, Christ counted others more significant than themselves. Speaking to edify and not to tear down. The control of our tongue. Trusting God, not our own understanding. You think, I think that's a big one for us. Trusting the Lord, not our own understanding. Most of our own understanding that we try to live by is we live by by our understanding of our eyes. What we can see, what makes sense to us versus the understanding of the Lord, believing the promises of God, trusting the providence of God. Do you see the gain of wisdom? Do you understand the profit of wisdom, the rewards of having wisdom? Do you recognize how precious wisdom is? Nothing compares with wisdom. This is what we need to get. Fear Yahweh, seeking Christ. Living a wise life is having an abundant life that is only found in Christ. It goes on, verse 16. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So we've been told so much about Lady Wisdom already in the first three chapters. Lady Wisdom raises her voice. She cries aloud. She is a shield. Lady Wisdom, she will guard you. She will deliver you from the evil way. She is pleasant. She watches over you. With her, you will walk in the way of good. Without her, you will walk the way of the fool. Verse 16, 
Now it talks about Lady Wisdom's hands. What's in her right hand? What's in her left hand? In her right hand, she holds a long life. In her left hand, she holds riches and honor. Isn't that the things that the world is seeking? Riches, honor, a long life. That's what everything is about to the world. Wisdom is a righteous path. Why? Wisdom is in Christ. Christ is everything. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. So wisdom's right hand, long life, a rich and meaningful life, a good life. The problem is Christ redefines what it means to be rich. A long life, a rich and meaningful life is a life lived for the Lord. In the left hand, you have riches and honor, a life pleasing the Lord and spending forever with Christ. See, the fool lives for the here and the now. The wise lives for the Lord now and is constantly remembering what is to come. Look at verse 17. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. Not some, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So the path of Lady Wisdom is not just the right path, but the pleasant path, the way of peace. We will be at odds with the world, but peace will be had because we are being a sweet aroma to our Creator and Savior. Peace will be had because we consider Christ and we obey His commands. Peace will be had because we will remember that this place is not our home, but we are pilgrims marching home. A fool believes this place is their home. Lady Wisdom is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who lay hold of her are called blessed. When we hear the tree of life, I hope your mind goes back to Genesis, the Garden in Eden. Adam and Eve walked with God. They worshipped God face to face. They knew the Lord's walk by his sound, but they sinned, and they were cut off from the tree of life. But the Lord promised salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. The tree of life is Jesus Christ, and those who live righteously in him are following the path of Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom is a tree of life. She does not stop producing blessings. She never stops. That's what Lady Wisdom does. The wisdom tree never dries up like the things of this world. It is continually fruitful year round. Year after year after year, wisdom is producing fruit. Often in this life, maybe yours, you see individuals who value something or they collect something over time, but eventually interest is lost. When I was a child, I collected baseball cards all the time. Then the internet came out, and I realized that my cards were not that valuable, and they weren't worth what I paid for them. And I got rid of them. I lost entrance. I got rid of them. Wisdom does not become less valuable over time. You'll never look back and say, I wasted my life in the search and the finding of wisdom. Wisdom does not become less valuable. The one who walks in it, desires and seeks for more of it for the glory of God, you will find life. It is that good. There is nothing that can compare to wisdom. The wise soul cherishes Christ and labors for Christ and the keeping of his good commands. That's the path of Lady Wisdom. Look at verse 19 and 20. Yahweh by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So it was Yahweh's wisdom that established the earth and the heavens or the sky. It is Yahweh's knowledge that brings forth the rain. All that we see, all that we cannot see, Yahweh brought it forth through the word of his power. His wisdom founded it. 
Solomon, he is pleading with his son. He's making a point before his son that is monumental. He is saying, God's wisdom created the well-oiled world that you see with your eyes. You can trust wisdom for your life. For what you cannot see, son. This is what you need. Look around you. Look at the created order. Look at what God has made. God's wisdom created the well-ordered world that you see. Trust the wisdom of God for your life. Trust him. Romans 11 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So the Lord not only created all things, he also sustains all things. So we trust God not only for our salvation, but we trust him in our daily living by fearing him. This is where many churchgoers fail. It's the daily living. It's not trusting Christ for salvation. It's trusting Christ for the everyday life. The one who finds wisdom is established and will be sustained. Revelation 22, it draws our attention back to the tree of life that Christ establishes and Christ sustains. It says, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life. They may enter the city by the gates. We need to touch Christ, not just in our mind, but we need to trust Christ with our living. This is fearing him. This is the wise path. I don't know anywhere else to turn except for Job for us to look at this. So if you will, turn with me to Job chapter 28. Job chapter 28. Let's take a stroll through the life of Job and his issues. So if you remember anything, Job has just lost 10 children. He has lost his riches. He has lost his wealth. And then Job's three friends come to him. I call these three friends seminary students. These seminary students approach. They think they have everything figured out. They know exactly what to say. Little do they know that Job knows much more than they. So, Job chapter 28. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path and no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eyes see every precious thing. He dams up the stream so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? Where is a place of understanding? Man does not know its worth and is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. Sea says, it's not with me. It cannot be bought for gold and silver cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophor, precious onyx or sapphire, Gold and glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come? Where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it. He knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth, 
sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold, the fear of Yahweh, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. The fear of Yahweh, that is wisdom. Continue in Job and look at Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38. Job has gone through all these trials, all these hardships. And maybe that's you this morning. You've gone through so many times of difficulty, heartaches. You feel like you've been crushed. You've been angry at the Lord. You're letting everything out. You're bringing it forth. This is where the Lord responds to Job. Yahweh answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? As a father, I feel like that sometimes when my kids come to me and they say something like, Are you serious right now? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? What were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? The morning stars sang together, and all the sons of, of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal. Its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. In other words, Yahweh is responding, and he is putting Job in his rightful, humble state, that you have approached me with words without wisdom, and you have no understanding of all these different things. Go to verse 34 of this same chapter, chapter 38. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clods stick fast together, can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in the thicket? What provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God for help and wander about for lack of food? You see, there are many times in this life when you are walking through this life, we are on this trail and all these things are coming and we must ask the question and we continue to question God and we ask, is the Lord doing right because this has happened to me? And the answer is always, yes, the Lord is right in whatever is happening in your life because the one thing that you and I often forget is God is all wise. You and I are not. There are things that we will experience. There are things that we will go through and we will say, Lord, I have no idea why you've done this. I know you're conforming me more into the image of Christ. I have no idea why you've allowed this. I have no idea why this is coming, but I will trust you because I know who you are. I know that you are good. And I know that I'm following your commands. I am the path of Lady Wisdom. I'm going to continue because I know what is in her right hand and I know what's in her left. Because I know what's in Christ and I know all of his promises are yes and amen. Let's continue. Job 42, beginning in verse 1. 
Yahweh finishes speaking. He has walked through all of this with Job. Job answered Yahweh and said, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in in dust and ashes. You see, we should all come to that conclusion that we should despise ourselves and repent in dust and ashes, trusting the Lord. Proverbs, that we'll get to eventually in Proverbs 8, it paints this exact picture in verse 22. Yahweh possessed me at the beginning of his work, talking about wisdom, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth, When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth of its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. Lady Wisdom was there. When when he drew a circle of the face of the deep, when he made the firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. You see, God is all wise. We must not trust our own limited, puny Understanding, We are called to trust the Lord, the one who created, the one who sustains. He is all wise. We are to fear him as his children. We are to live according to his ways. That is the path of wisdom. So we have looked at the blessings of wisdom, the rewards of wisdom. And as scripture says, we affirm and we say the blessings of wisdom, the rewards of wisdom. Nothing compares to wisdom. Nothing else that we can live for, nothing that we can chase after and pursue, nothing compares to wisdom. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 10, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It is not the life of knowledge that we find a life worth living, but a life of wisdom, living for the glory of God. You see, the path of Lady Wisdom is narrow, and there is much difficulty, there is much pain. But even in this, these seasons, these times, these months and weeks of difficulty, the Lord provides peace. We know the comfort of the Lord. You know, con- our job is continuing to get wisdom, to work for it, to pursue it. This is to be a a daily discipline by ourself. Others have phrased it this way. It's not a discipline, but it's a grace. The fact that we have what God has breathed, that we can meditate on what God has breathed, we we can fully comprehend what God has breathed, and then we can take what he has said to do and to go and to do and not to be deceived individuals. The rewards of wisdom are of infinite value. And nothing you desire can compare with her. So whatever you are valuing in this life, whatever you are valuing in this life more than wisdom, I call you to do what Job did. Repent of your misplaced thoughts, your misplaced priorities, your misplaced actions, and to value wisdom. Above all things, there is nothing that can be compared to wisdom that is found in Christ. And for you who have not been born again, your starting point is to repent of your sins and to trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation. If you are a child of God, your beginning is not to just know what Christ has done, but to follow his commands 
and to follow his commands for his name and for his glory, to take his commands and to joyfully live, to apply the knowledge that you have to your life and to walk the path of Lady Wisdom. As I said in the very beginning, he is writing, he's saying, because he wants his son to get wisdom. Now he's saying, this is the value of wisdom. Nothing compares. In other words, God lays out his case before us, and he says, you have no excuse now. You have heard. Nothing compares to you. If you're my child, go and get it. Pursue me. Get wisdom. Come after it and live. Father, I thank you for your holy word that you've given us. Thank you for the calling for us as your children to pursue wisdom. Father, forgive us. Our transgressions, our sins, our iniquities, they, they are many. We know, we know what we are supposed to do, and yet daily we fail to do it. But praise be to God, Lord, that we are not saved by our works. Praise be to God, we are saved by the work of your Son the spotless lamb who came and lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again, that his righteousness has been imputed to us and we are called to live for Christ, to abide and to glorify you with our life. For we know a tree is known by its fruit, so we've been confronted this morning with our sins. We've been confronted with the, the fruit that we have been producing. The things that we've been chasing, Lord, I pray that we would repent of our sins. Things that we are valuing more than wisdom, more than living for you, more than following the path of Lady Wisdom, Lord, forgive us. Put strong, faithful men and women in our life to encourage us and to spur us on. Lord, you have done that with the church. You've given us a church. You've given us accountability. You've given us encouragement. You've given us the great privilege of coming together and to worshiping you week after week. May we chase Lady Wisdom. Run after it. Follow that path. There are many other voices, Lord, but I'm so thankful that wisdom is not a whisper. It is a shout. It is a preaching of the word of God in the streets. Father, for those who are lost, they cannot save themselves. Draw them to you. Call them to you. May they repent and believe. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.